this Friday, the 20th MLB Playoff Picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added pick and scorches. You can win 100x. That's right, turn $5 into 500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use the promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. We're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hufbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And finally, uh, we're giving away three grand in our NFL Second Chance Survivor Contest, presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. The contest starts this week and it's free to enter. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from an incredibly stormy Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Friday, the 20th of October, and we are here to have a little look around last night's games. And we've got two more. Um, I think this is possibly the final doubleheader of the playoffs, depending on what goes down. Um, two games tonight. Joining me is Mr. Scott Reichel. How are you, Scott? How are you? Yeah, doing pretty well. How's it going with you? It's all right, thank you. Um, I woke up this morning, Scott, and it was very, very, very stormy. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a grown-up person. I've got a family and children and stuff. But I have to go to work sometimes, like most people. But because it was stormy today, I thought, oh, I'm not going to bother going to work. Um, so I went back to sleep, Scott, and I woke up at 12.54pm. That, like, a, some sort of lazy student hobo-type person. I mean, that's a pretty incredible lying for a 48-year-old man. When was the last time you managed to lie until that long? Me? I don't know. Yeah. Yesterday? Yesterday? Oh, really? Ago? I don't know. I'm always a yeah, always 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 yeah. So Yeah. For a middle-aged man with the responsibilities, I think six minutes to one in the afternoon might be a world record, Scott. If, if, um, if I check my uh, calendar and I have no podcast scheduled for 11 o'clock or so, I'm sleeping until, like, noon or one o'clock like it's, oh, really? it's just gonna happen yeah i'm always sleeping in fair enough so as we sit here i've been out of bed about three hours i probably so i feel quite uh i'm bright and breezy scott it's sort of breakfast time for me now even though it's 4 p.m in the afternoon um and this storm is horrific but my um my internet's holding up so far so fingers crossed um what we'll do we'll have a little look into last night's games a couple of there were, there were again there were decent games there was bits and bobs going on we still haven't had a real sort of ding-dong, wild uh, lead-switching game. But we had a couple of different types of games again last night, Scott. Um, start with the NLCS. Um, Philadelphia 1, Arizona 2. I've got the D-backs cap back on again. I think the D-backs cap might be bad. Look, uh, the minute I took it off, they've started winning again. Um, but, yeah, it was a much different game. And there was, there was two keys to the game, Scott, for me. Both related, obviously. Um, one was that Philadelphia only had three hits on the road. Now, obviously, they've been putting up great numbers at home. But in an alien environment, we did say yesterday they didn't have much experience in Chase Field. The, the batters had no experience against Fart. And Fart was the second key. Um, and that he threw up that start 
that really nobody expected. I was a bit frustrated with myself because I've kind of um, touted him all year long and I've backed him more times than he's probably healthy. I had him on plenty of fantasy teams. And then last night when I got away from him, he threw out five and two thirds, two hits, no walks and nine strikeouts. Um, so, yeah, what did you make of that? I mean, like I say, it wasn't the most exciting game, but there, there was the little bits on a knife edge that the game turned on, Scott. So there was little isolated incidents of, of drama, uh, and that was about it. Yeah, for me, the main takeaways was, one, the bullpen usage for Philly. Uh, I wasn't really a big fan of the initial use of the bullpen because you mentioned how good uh, Fod was, but Suarez was great too. So it wasn't like Suarez struggled by any means either. But I was a little bit confused by the use of Kirkering which I thought was a little bit dicey, and he ended up not getting an out. But still, I was just a bit surprised that they ended up going to a rookie in that spot when the entire bullpen was rested. I thought that was kind of weird. Kimbrell did Kimbrell things in the ninth inning, so I can't say that I'm shocked there. But it was really yeah. the use of uh, Kirkering in the, what was that, the sixth inning, which I thought was a little bit weird, uh, Which or was that the seventh inning? Oh, that was the seventh inning. So the seventh I thought inning, I thought was yeah. weird because they just took the lead off that wild pitch, and I thought, all right, you need a shutdown inning, and they brought in kind of a, one of the most unproven commodities out of the bullpen, which I thought was a bit odd. Uh, besides that, though, I thought the weird thing for Philly, which the announcers talked about before the game, they didn't take batting practice before the game. I don't know why Philly skipped batting practice. I don't think that made any sense. And they said that the shadows and everything were a bit odd or the, just the overall darkness of the arena in Chase Field. I didn't get it. Uh, Philly just decided to skip batting practice, and I thought that might have messed up with their routine. Maybe they weren't able to pick up pitches as well as they were in Philly, but three hits tells you that they were just completely out of sorts. Everybody was striking out, so clearly there was something with the darkness or the shadows because even Ranger Suarez struck out like seven guys, and he doesn't strike out anybody. So I just thought that it was a weird approach for Philly, I don't know if you heard the same thing that I did, but I did hear the announcers talking about it, that Philly just chose voluntarily to not do batting practice, and it appeared to be a really dumb move. I heard them talking about Bryce Harper. Did They said that Bryce Harper never takes batting practice. He only ever hits in the cage. Did you hear that? Did I imagine that, or have we got our wires crossed? Well, that that I knew beforehand, but I'm pretty sure they oh, said okay, the right. entire team skipped batting practice, and then that led to a discussion saying, well, if there was one team that didn't need batting practice, it was going to be Philly because of how good they were hitting, but yeah. no. like It's different when you're at home and when you're on the road. It didn't make any sense. Like I, I don't know why you would try to mess with your normal routine before a game. If you always take batting practice, then you should probably take batting practice. And I wasn't shocked once I heard that, that Philly looked, a, I don't know, half a second behind all of Fod's pitches. They weren't close at any point of actually getting to him. And Arizona, truth is, even though I did have Philly on the money line in that game, Arizona should have won that game before the ninth inning. They had the what, they had first and second, no outs, and they grinded yeah. into a double play without the guy scoring from, home, from third. <laughs> like, it just felt like Arizona was inventing ways to not score with guys in scoring position, and then eventually Marte ended up coming through against Kimbrell. But Arizona, I thought, outplayed Philly for most of the game, and Arizona's bullpen held up. But it was mostly the batting practice thing that I was really confused by because I really didn't understand the thought process behind it. Yeah, that, that double play with the bases loaded had me absolutely doing my dinger. I was jumping up and down. I think it was Lourdes Guriel who decided not to go yeah. from third. Um, but yeah, my impression of that was... And this is purely anecdotal. I never see 
the Diamondbacks play at, at home at that time. Because um, that's a great time for me to watch. It's sort of 10 p.m. Um, and you all know that I see lots of East Coast baseball. I have to catch up with a lot of West Coast. So, And I never see Arizona, so that was unusual. And then I saw Corbin Carroll make one catch out deep centre field. And you could almost see the reflection of the windows on his face. You could see it was just a really odd-looking thing. Um, so, yeah, definitely bits and bobs uh, to do with that, a bit of an alien environment. Um, yeah, in terms of bets, I mean, lost on... Uh, Brandon fought out spectacularly. Um, the, the the big win or the, the good handicap was the Suarez strikeout. Um, we said over two and a half Ks, which was really skinny, but that had hit 24 out of 24. And then over three and a half strikeouts, it hit 21 out of 24. Um, he got all the way up to seven, so there was a little ladder there if you were brave enough. I know um, Jason on uh, Twitter messaged me this morning and said he, he did find the over three and a half strikeout props. So I was delighted there. In terms of the series, um, Arizona are back in the plus 350. Um, Philly at minus 480. Does this change much for you, Scott? I think it changes a little because I did think Philly was going to get swept, and I did have a bit of money on Philly money line yesterday. Having said that, I basically broke even because I had Suarez out. So that worked out yeah. well because Suarez cruised over 14.5. But I do think for this matchup, it's a weird game that we're about to talk about because you have two pitchers who – you don't exactly rely on. I can't remember the last time I actually saw Sanchez pitch, and Arizona's got an opener followed by a bit of an unknown. It's a weird spot for Arizona because this is going to be one of the longer series they've been in because, one, it's going to be out of seven. But, two, they swept Milwaukee. They beat the Dodgers in four, but they could kind of choose however they wanted to. They beat the Dodgers, I mean, in three. They didn't lose a game. So this is their first game four. So now you got to see how Arizona is going to try to stretch out the rotation. They're going to try to save Gallon for game five, and they'll try to use get, uh, Kelly in game six and go from there. But we're going to talk about it. Both teams starting pitching-wise are kind of in, I don't want to say no man's land, but they're trying to steal a game, basically, to reset the rotation. It's an interesting spot, and I think you can make an argument that Arizona's got a decent shot to win the game today, and you have a series on your hands. I'm not picking Philly to lose. I still think Philly's going to win the series because they win every home game. But I do think that Arizona was in danger of getting swept. And now the series could be a bit lengthy, but I'm still picking Philly to win the series. Yeah, I think both managers are going to have to earn the money today trying to navigate the way around this. Um, we'll get on to the, those games in a moment. Uh, Tip into the chat. Say hello to everybody. Trev was first in. Who's he? Uh, can't tell if Hosey's a fan of my hat or not. Who's uh, a new name. Um, Riley's here. Daryl wants the Rangers and Phillies today. I might have gone the exact opposite, Daryl, <laughs> which probably means you're on the right track, mate. Uh, so, yeah, welcome, everybody. Um, Houston 10, Texas 3. Really, we talked about the patterns of games or the theme of the playoffs has been team scoring early, getting out to an early lead. And then we had our mad little trend of um, teams who lead through four innings go on to win. Well, this was four to three through four innings. So that trend now moves to 24-2 and two during the playoffs. Um, the bets were great. Moonaf had absolutely everything. Most of the chat was with him as well. Um, Heaney, under 11 and a half outs. Man, that was like finding money in the street. Plus 120, that was. That was plus money, Scott. Incredible. And somehow I missed on the both teams to score four or more runs, the plus 140. Um, I mean, I, I probably could have cashed out for... 95% of the money when it was 4-3 in the third inning. Um, remarkably, didn't hit that one. Um, 
And the the odds for the series now have flipped on that one, Scott. Houston have gone favourite at minus 131. Texas are plus 110. I know Chasen had some, uh, I think, plus 375. Um, he topped up his Houston futures yesterday. So, yeah, what did you make of this one last night? I can't say I was surprised, but I was disappointed. As a Yankees fan, I'm not a Heaney guy. Uh, I was a biased Yankees fan because he was really bad with the Yankees, but... It really just goes back to Scherzer coming back and how Bochy handled the bullpen in game three. I thought that Scherzer coming back was A, rushed, and B, potentially series losing because it changed the entire momentum of the series. Now, I know that you're looking at Scherzer, who's put in a rough spot against Houston, not pitching for about a month and a half, and you could argue maybe he shouldn't have been there at all. But then Bochy, in addition to Scherzer struggling, burned basically the entire bullpen in game three and was just hoping that Heaney would steal outs in game four, and then immediately got buried in the first inning. And then Texas came back to make it 3-3, and then Dunning was bad too, and the entire bullpen sucked. But I said going into the series, I think there was value with Texas at plus money, but I was picking Houston to win because I just figured that Houston has been there before, and they're going to find a way to win, even though they arguably shouldn't. And it just seems like Houston is not overwhelmed by the moment, they're not going to roll over if things get rough. And I'm worried Texas might. And I do wonder with the veteran core of Houston getting the momentum back on their side. Texas, we saw them fall apart for the division title. We've seen them struggle with adversity over the course of the season. And my concern was the deeper the series goes, you lean more to the veteran presence and you lean more towards the trustworthy option. I don't really trust Texas. People just trust Bochi because he's won titles. And Bochy's been abysmal with the bullpen in the series. So I'm, I think Houston's going to win the series. But going in, I thought Houston would probably win in about seven, six or seven. It's a must-win game for Texas because we're doing the 2-3-2 two, two, uh, layout. So this is the final home game for Texas in the series before they go back to Minute Maid. So they need to win this game. Are they going to? I don't think so. I'm going to take Verlander if I have to choose. But I think that for the series... It really just comes back to Bochy's handling of game three. It felt like he got cute. He tried to steal a game with Scherzer, who probably should not have been pitching in this spot. I don't know if you would have started him, but like he was out for a month and change, and you're going to throw him into game three of the ALCS? Like I just thought it was a little bit too risky for me, and it might have changed the entire complexion of the series. So I'm going to lead to Houston in probably six or seven. I think Houston wins the game tonight. I know Montgomery's been incredible. So they need to win the game tonight. But I don't trust the bullpen. And the, even the offense has kind of quieted down a little bit where Houston's offense woke up, and that's a bit dangerous too. I I think I'm leaning to Houston in this series. I hate it, but I'm going to lean to Houston. Right, we get stuck into these game twos, throw out some picks. Um, let me tell you about the SGPN Second Chance Survivor, um, presented by Corey Pinkston and Barton Dog Properties. Three grand up for grabs which is winner take all sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor you've got the sunday to sort that out um the nfl gambling podcast um we've got a review contest so leave an apple podcast review with your favorite touchdown related bet um, and the biggest winner gets a 50 dollars sgb and gift card uh, make sure to include your youtube username in the review so we can contact the winner uh, underdog fantasy uh, bombing along with the scorchers go five for five and pick them scorchers Enjoy that spicy 100 times payout. The deposit bonus continues to be up to $500 for a limited time. Um, $100,000 Sundays, 10 grand, the 10 lucky winners each week. 
Um, the underdog play is um, mine. Is Josh Allen lower on the rushing yards? He's been a bit banged up, shoulder, head. Um, he's going to be careful. They'll just uh, keep the Patriots at arm length and Josh Allen will go lower than on his rushing yards. Um, so sign up with the promo code SGPN. Underdog, double your first deposit up to $500. Underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. Um, our underdog fantasy plays nailed it yesterday. Alvin Kamara, Moon, I've took uh, receiving yards. I took rushing attempts and both cashed uh, bloodlessly. So tonight, seven minutes past 10, my time. Seven minutes past five, Eastern time. Houston Astros, Texas Rangers. Um, Justin Verlander versus Jordan Montgomery. James Montgomery? Jordan Montgomery. What's his name? Yeah, it's Jordan Why Montgomery. Yeah, who's James Montgomery? James Montgomery. Any idea? Is he an actor or something? I don't sounds know. Like a, a, sounds like a potential politician from like 1760, but I got no idea. So, yeah, yeah. He's not a president. He must have been one of your presidents. Um, Houston are minus 105. Texas minus 115. The total was at eight and a half. Um According to Trev in the chat, it's just maybe been nipped up to nine in the last couple of hours or so. Apparently, um, he's a musician, by the way. James Montgomery's a musician. Okay. Is he any good him. at pitching? No. Uh, not that I know um, of. But he's probably worse than Jordan Montgomery at pitching. <laughs> Phil had uh, 13 and 8 on the year, 322. Um, his road DRA was 320. In the playoffs, is 1 and 1. Um, his pitch 12 and, 12 and 2 thirds with 10 hits. Two earned and 11 keys. So his two playoff starts, beat Minnesota, went six scoreless, um, and then pitched well again, but got absolutely no help in the 2-0 loss at Texas uh, last week. Um, 18 and 20 outs he's gone there for in those two games. His line's currently sitting at 16 and a half, which I like. I'd be taking the over 16 and a half outs at minus 115. Um, strikeout prop is low. It's really juicy. Again, like Suarez yesterday, maybe find another one that, that is K number. Is it over four and a half? That's at minus 150. That would have only missed once in his last 10. Um, so I'm confident on it. It's just a bit of a horrible price. I'd like. I'd rather find a five and a half, see if we can get somewhere near even money. Um, Montgomery is uh, finished the season 10 and 11, 320 RA. Um, was fine at home, 361. In his playoffs, like you said, he's been great. 208 and three games started. Um, people tend to forget the dodgy one at Baltimore in the middle. Um, he pitched seven innings scoreless against Tampa and six innings scoreless at Houston. But he did have a bit of a wobbly one at Baltimore where he gave up uh, five and four. Um, he also pitched in that 2 nothing game uh, last week against Verlander. Similar with the outs. I like them both. I think both pitchers will go along quite nicely. It's again at 16 and a half, and that would have hit seven of eight. Uh, so I think both pitchers can go over on this out. So, bit of a juice. Montgomery's the question mark here, in that we've never seen him in this position. He has gone really well, but he hasn't had this much pressure on him. This is a, a pivotal game. Uh, this is a game the series is going to turn on. So, interesting to see how Montgomery goes. Um, so, yeah, I'm much more interested in uh, Montgomery's outs than his K props here. As far as the side goes, I have to take Houston, Scott. Um, you made quite a lot of the points there in your series um, analysis. The, use the word momentum, and Houston have really wrestled that momentum away from Texas. And unfortunately for Texas, some key Houston pieces have started getting their act together. Um, Jose Altuve, I feel like I personally fixed him. He hasn't stopped hitting since I faded him. We did a show on Tuesday, Scott, me and you, or Wednesday, 
when I took his under half a hit. All he's done is hit the cover off the ball ever since. Uh, so thank you very much. Um, he went three for four again last night. Um, over one and a half total bases for Altuve is plus 105. Um, and then um, Jordan Alvarez as well. Uh, two hits again last night. That sack fly hit 400 feet would have gone out in 17 of 30 ballparks. You still shouldn't be pitching to him. Um, over one and a half total bases for Alvarez is plus 135. Uh, Houston are 4-0 on the road in the playoffs. They're just ticking a lot of boxes. I think minus 105 is a great price. So it's pretty straightforward. But Houston on the money line. Uh, both pitchers on the outs. Altuve and Alvarez total bases. Uh, that's all of my plays, Scott. Yeah, I, I have to go with Houston as well. It's going to be a pretty entertaining pitching matchup, at least on paper. But if you're asking who I think is going to blink first, it's Montgomery. Because Verlander's been there, I don't know how many times at this point, but he usually comes through. Verlander has not been good in the World Series in his career, but he has been very good in clutch spots in the CS and the DS and all the way back to his time in Detroit. So I think Verlander's going to outpitch Montgomery in this spot, not to mention the bullpen. Texas had to burn a lot of the bullpen again yesterday. So did Houston because their key didn't pitch well, but I definitely think Houston did a better job of conserving some of their key arms compared to Texas. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game early, but I think that I eventually Houston breaks through and wins this game. I think Verlander pitches a gem. Maybe it's because I've just seen it before and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I do think looking at this overall spot, Texas team total under, I'm tempted by. I think that Houston... Yeah. I don't want to say kind of just shuts the door like they did in game four against Minnesota, but I just see them holding Texas to like two, three runs. I, I just think that Verlander's going to go six. They'll bring in the usual suspects out of the bullpen, Abreu, Presley, you know, that, that, that entire group, and I think they're going to pitch well. I think I'm going to lean to the under in the game. I think Montgomery does enough to hang in there. I don't know if he's going to give up like four runs, but I think he'll probably give up closer to two or three in maybe like five or six innings, but I'll lean under. I feel better about Texas team total under, but I'm going to pick Houston because Houston's a cockroach that you can't kill. And I think that Texas, from what we've seen in the end of the regular season in particular, this team has problems in very, very tense situations. And I feel like they benefited from the Tampa series and from the first two games of this Houston series because most people weren't giving them much of a chance. And I think that even though Tampa was a team that we kind of criticized as being fraudulent. I think most people thought Tampa was going to win that series, and Tampa was favored. And Texas went out there and said, well, we got nothing to lose because people aren't going to pick us to win. So we can play freely and do what we want to do anyway. And Tampa couldn't hit. Same thing with the Houston series. People walked into it and said, well, you know, Houston's been there before. It's going to be in Minute Maid. Let's go out there and let's have some fun. And they ended up winning two games. Then they had the pressure on them because they had a shot to win the series in Texas, and they immediately no-showed two games. And I saw with the how they choked the division away, I don't trust this team when the pressure's on. And I do think that the pressure is all the way on Texas. It's going to come back to them. I think that you're going to see Houston win this game. James Montgomery plays in goal for Gateshead, Scott. Gateshead shares the river with Newcastle. So Newcastle's on the north bank. Gateshead's a town on the south bank. Fifth-tier football team, playing well at the moment. James Montgomery's their goalie. I'm glad, that's how my mind's working today. Um, too much sleep, I think. And Mr Heat's asking about Verlander uh, earned runs, two and a half. I'm seeing a line, uh, Mr Heat, at three and a half on my book. 
Um, and it's a little bit chalk as you'd expect, sort of. So I think that number's right on the money. Minus 166 for the three and a half. I mean, yeah, it's that's on an knife edge, that two and a half on Scott. Any thoughts on that two and a half earned runs? I think Verlander's going to pitch well, so I'm going to lean to the under. Uh, once again, I think that Texas offense, you mentioned how uh, they no-showed the last six innings because you had the both teams to score four-plus runs. But Texas... Once again, I have to point out, I'm impressed they made it this far, and I do think that, once again, they have talent on paper. But the bullpen and how Bochy's handled the pitching staff, it's been disastrous as the series has gone on, and i got to bring it up because Bochy gets a lot of the credit for taking this team this far, but I think as the series has gone on, he's pressed all the wrong buttons over the past two games. Uh, Josie has gone for Astros and the under. Okay, we'll move on to the next game. Um, let me tell you first about game time. Um, game time. Do you feel the same way, by the way? Do you feel Sorry, the same what? way that Bochy's kind of pressed all the wrong buttons the last couple of days? If it feels that way, doesn't it? I just don't think he had that many options, really. Um, I think starting Heaney, I wouldn't have done. But that's obvious in hindsight. Mate, so much of these things uh, yeah, are hindsight. In hindsight. The Brandon Fart thing last night. Three? Sorry? Would you have used Scherzer in game three? Yeah, I think I would when you were saying that earlier on. I think I would. He'd thrown a live BP on Saturday, 65 to 70 pitches, which is fine. So you could get away with using him. And it just didn't, again, if he'd gone three scoreless or three and two-thirds scoreless, you would have been fine. There's so much, and I know it's obvious to say, but the results kind of cloud people's judgments. And we saw that with Brandon Fart last night. He's getting booed. Um, Tori Lovello was getting booed when Fart comes out. I'm now reading articles this morning telling you what a great decision it was. And that's purely on the outcome. Like, those articles wouldn't exist this morning. If the outcome had gone the other way, they wouldn't have said, oh, it was a great decision, but it went wrong. So, yeah, it's pretty tricky, like, um, pretty tricky, Scott. Where are we going? Game time. Uh, tickets for anything you like. Uh, I thought the Philly fans were buying up plenty of uh, Arizona tickets last night and leaving the seats empty, doing that on game time. Um, sport, music, comedy and theatre under control so you can stop worrying about the event um, and start looking forward to it. Um, basketball, baseball, concerts, all sorts of things and the game time guarantee credits you 110% of the difference um, if you find tickets in the same section and row four less. So download the game time app, create an account, use the code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, create an account, redeem the code CFBX for $20 off Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, and Hall of Fame bets, something you win bigger by betting smart in this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets. The sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Uh, research NFL, NBA, NBA, MLB, and soccer. And the optimizer tool is a beauty over on Hall of Fame bets. Hit rates broken down by a leg. Expected probabilities. Um, sorts all your players out for likely value, etc. So stop it in the dark. Join 30,000 users researching the Hall of Fame Bets app to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download Hall of Fame Bets or visit hrfbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. The other thing with that Scherzer thing, Scott, is if they choose not to start him, if you then throw it out, what are your alternatives? Dunning and Heaney again. And obviously... I think, I think it was... Oh, I know both those guys were really bad yesterday, but still... 
it was something about just Scherzer starting the game and pitching four innings after not pitching for about a month and a half that I just thought was a bit was very weird in that spot. I get the argument is you're up two nothing, so you can afford to gamble on it, and if it pays off, then you get to save a lot of the key arms for what could be a closeout game. And I know that it is some hindsight based judgment because if he pitches well, then you know Bochy looks like a genius. I probably would have piggybacked. I wouldn't have started Maybe, Scherzer. Yeah. I would have probably brought him out of the bullpen for an inning or two. I can't believe he was pitching into the fourth and fifth. I, I would have pulled him as soon as he started struggling. So I thought they kept him in too long, and I just wouldn't have started him in the game. So now the counterpoint is he's getting paid so much money, and he's been in so many big games. you got to kind of show him some faith, I guess. But I wouldn't have started him, and I wouldn't have kept him in that long. I would have let him go about two innings out of the bullpen. Um, managerial decisions very much to the fore uh, in this next game, which is a 8 or 7 Eastern first pitch. Um, Philly at Arizona. Philly with Christopher Sanchez on the mound or minus 135. Arizona with Joe Mantiply um, at plus 115. So, I think uh, total is at nine and a half here, sorry. I think the, the first thing to note here with Philly is that they've chosen to go with Sanchez over Taiwan Walker, which was an option. Um, but like I say, it seems like forever since... We handicapped Christopher Sanchez. I was quite sweet on him in the back half of last season. Um, he had a 344 ERA. He had a 2.08 road ERA and five games started. He was up from July and he was really steady. Um, it was very hard to find any patterns in his game log. Um, but I must say, minus 135 about someone with a lot of question marks um, is not hugely appealing. Um, Joe Mantiply is going to be used as an opener here. Um, did that job three times this year um, maximum one and that's all you're getting out of him and again I think a big part of this is going to be the left on left thing you get Schwaber you get Harper so that's Mantiply's job is to get through to the second inning with a zero on the board um, after that I thought it might be Ryan Nelson this is absolutely apropos of nothing this is purely my own uh, research I then asked Scott about it Scott said he saw a report that said it might be Slade um, Ciccone, Ciccione. Um they're going to throw everybody everyone's getting chucked tonight um, so we'll just see and everyone's going to be on a very short leash so yeah there's no pitching props at all particularly um, this was a really tricky game to handicap for many many reasons um, it, similar to last night for me Scott I'll, I'll put some faith in Sanchez I think he's alright um, didn't mind him at all Uh and for Arizona, it's just going to be a parade of relievers all thrown at max effort. We just talked about Philly having three hits last night and the weird batting practice thing. Um, alien conditions to them. The first five, under five and a half is my first play, is minus 125. Um, it's just half a run on the right side. I think Mantiply, if Mantiply can get through the first and then a couple of relievers can follow him, I think we'll be all right. Um in terms of players, nothing for the pitchers because there's not an awful lot. There's no body of evidence to work on. There's no lines out there. I've just gone with hot and cold players. Um, Ketel Marte was great again. He looks really comfortable at the plate at the moment. I just, uh, when he was stood with the, when he hit the walk off last night, you just had a kind of feeling. He always looked like he was going to be able to dump one into there. Pretty under control. Over one and a half total bases for Marte is minus 115. And my other one, I've stolen off you, Scott. I saw you um, You were tweeting about them last night. You were in the in our little Slack chat. Uh, Alec Bohm, um, under one and a half. 
Um, total bases is minus 120. And I think on the side, I've got to take Arizona. I think they're too big. This is a match. This is a this is a minus 110 each of two, I think, particularly with the pitching matchups. Um, so Arizona at plus 115 are a little bit too big. Maybe, Scott, I'm just hoping that they get it done rather than believing they will. What do you think? Yeah, so first of all, with Bohm, I have criticized him for weeks. I don't think he's any good, at least offensively. And now he had a decent regular season, but in the playoffs, I can't believe he's still batting fourth. He had an infield single last game. Congratulations. Like, he's not even close to doing anything <laughs> productive. He had, an, he had a, what do you have, like a two-run double when the Phillies were already up like six runs in game two? He hasn't done he has anything. He ten times better than I thought he was capable of. Because he was terrible all year. The playoffs, he's, he's defended really well. Yeah, but offensively, once again, he's supposed to be the guy giving protection to Harper. They keep walking Harper because he can't hit. So he's yeah. giving them nothing out of the four spot. And you have Castellanos batting seventh. Like, I don't understand part of the lineup, but they got to switch some stuff around. So I agree with you about Bohm. I like the under one and a half bases there. I agree with you about Marte because Marte has looked dialed in more yeah. than anybody else in the series. So I like him. There was no doubt in my mind that uh, he was going to hit the walk-off hit in the ninth inning against Kimbrel. So I just expected that to happen. But looking at this overall matchup, I agree with your overall assessment. I think 135 is a crazy price. Now, the argument is Arizona's bullpen's not any good, uh, but Philly's bullpen, I think, is better, obviously. But I you're like looking it. at the overall price, and Sanchez has not pitched in a single game since one inning against the Mets on September 30th. It's been what? three weeks since he's pitched in a game, and now he's in the desert in hot weather in the playoffs. I do not have faith in him in that spot. Now, you mentioned Walker. It wouldn't shock me if they piggybacked. If they end yeah. up starting Sanchez and then they end up using Walker after maybe an inning or so, and they try to piece together five innings combined, we'll see how that goes. Now, you mentioned that Mantiply is going to be getting the uh, start, technically. He's going to go about one inning. He's kind of been terrible in the playoffs, so I don't know if I actually trust him to get through the first inning because uh, he's got an ERA of nine and a whip of two in three playoff innings, and he's walked three guys. So he could get blown up in the first inning. We're going to see what happens. But I do think for the sake of this price, I have to lean to Arizona. I can't lay 135 with the starting pitcher who hasn't pitched in three weeks. Like That just that just can't happen to me. It's why I thought Scherzer was going to get buried, and that's why I think that Sanchez is going to struggle. Now, Arizona still can't hit because they stranded everybody on base yesterday, and eventually they just – had enough opportunities that they got one across to win the game. But the clutch hitting for Arizona has not been there either, even despite winning the game yesterday. I do think Philly's going to look better offensively, but I think the price is off. I understand why Philly was around minus 130 yesterday. I don't know why they're a bigger favorite in game four with a more unproven commodity than they were in game three. The price is off to me. I'm going to lean to Arizona. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Philly wins the game because I got them to make it to the World Series. But for the price, I can't lay 135 of the guy who has not pitched in three in three weeks. Like I think that's an insane price. I think Philly should be favored minus 115. Something close. But 135? No, I got to take Arizona at that price. Yeah, that's it. I com yeah, completely agree with it. It was more of a handicap on the... Sometimes you do it on the numbers. Um and yeah, that was absolutely one of those occasions, Scott. Um, yeah, I think we've covered it, Scott. Have you got anything else you want to point us towards? Uh, not really. Did you see any outs props for Sanchez? I doubt they have them up. If I had to guess, um, I think Sanchez I did. You know, unproven. I'm, I'm assuming there's no outs. I like the under 
on Sanchez out if he could find it. I think I did. Give me one second. I'm looking it up. I did not. So, at least according to my database. I don't believe the database includes Bet365, though. So, maybe you have. Oh, no, I've got pitcher. I've got strikeouts, Scott. And what's the strikeouts so at? Like two and, two and a half. Two and a half. Uh, under is plus 130. And, yeah, and over is, what, 1.62. So, yeah, minus 150-odd. So, yeah, not very, nothing very appealing. The, the few lines that the books have got up are almost to try and deter you from betting anything. I don't think they want the action either. They've got no idea. Uh, so they put these lines up to try and put you off stuff, I think. So, yeah, no outs at all. Um, yeah, thanks, Scott. Well done. Uh, appreciate it. Um, the chat was uh, buzzing today. Everyone uh, slacking off a bit on a Friday. Not as, uh, as bad as my four-hour lie-in. Uh, but still, so yeah, thanks everyone uh, who joined us in the chat and, uh, and, and joined in. Um, don't know what's happening tomorrow and Sunday, but something will be on. Some um, combination of the boys will be around. Um, thank you very much, Scott. Thanks, everybody. Good luck with your bets. Um, go D-backs. We'll see you down the road. Cheers.